Hey, I'm so glad that, that you made it out today, man. It's been awesome. How was worship, everybody? Come on now. It was awesome, man. Love being a part of that worship today. Those are like four of my favorite songs right in a row. I loved it. And uh, I just want to say hello to all of you. And I always want to make sure I say hello to everybody who's watching online right now, wherever you are. Just so glad that you're allowing us to be a part of your journey of God here and out there. And I, and I want to say this as much as I can. I'm just grateful that, that you're allowing us to be a part of that wherever you are. And uh, we want you to keep growing in God. We want to keep growing in the knowledge of, of Jesus and who he is. And uh, we're just glad to be a part of your journey. Uh, and today, here's what we're doing today, gang. We are wrapping up up this series that we've been in where we're looking into some of the things of Christian faith that people would say they don't get. Uh, but before we do that, really quick, I do want to just highlight a few things. Uh, so that video that you just watched, that, that was our baptism bash uh, that happens in the other auditorium with our kids, K through third. It's just an awesome time. Uh, and, and we are having a baptism coming up on March 20th, everybody. And, and so that goes for us here as well. So listen, man, that is the, if you've never been baptized, that is the first step of obedience that Jesus tells you to take. It is like, almost like that starts your journey as a follower of Jesus. And if you've never taken that step, I'm telling you, get in. Like jump in the waters, man, literally jump in. You know what I'm saying? Like we wanna be a part of that with you. And I think that, that I'm telling you, God will do something if you make that decision. And so don't miss this. And here's why I wanna tell you this. Sign up today. If you haven't done that, get the connect card and say, I wanna be baptized. Go to riverridge.tv, get signed up because we only do this once a semester. That's it. Like, so uh, the next one comes, I'm gonna be till late summer, okay? So, man, take that opportunity uh, and, and jump in, okay? That's the first step. Don't let it go by. Uh, and then also, just, you know, before you knew it, uh, Easter's coming. Easter's coming. And so I want to highlight that to you as well. Uh, and what we're doing next week is we're going to start a brand new series. It's going to be our Easter series. Uh, and so we're going to call it Seven Questions. Seven Questions. Uh, and here's the thing, man. A lot of times we ask God questions, right? We have these questions uh, that we have for God. But here's the thing, man. Jesus asks us questions too. Do you know? that. And so we're going to look at some questions that Jesus asks you uh, and what it has to do with your faith. And I think it's going to be a really good series. It's going to go from this uh, next Sunday all the way up to Easter. And just a few things that I want to tell you before we get going is Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So that starts the Lent season. And a lot of you like to prepare for that. Uh, and so what we have for you, if you are here in the house, uh, a 40 days of Lent guide, it's right out there in the lobby. Saw some of you already grabbing that. So make sure if you want something uh, to grab to, to kind of be more Jesus-centered in the Lenten season, grab that. It's going to guide you from Ash Wednesday all the way to the ascension of Jesus uh, with some really good things about Jesus. And so grab that, make sure you have it and uh, join us in that series. I think it's gonna be a really good series to look at the questions Jesus asked. All right, man, let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open up to the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. So if you haven't been here in the last four weeks, here's what we've been doing. We've been tackling uh, some of the things in the Christian faith and some of the actions that we have, some of the things that we do that people just may say, I don't get, I don't get. Uh, so we started looking at things. We, we started by looking at heaven and hell and the afterlife. We looked at uh, what we call uh, the sacraments of the Christian faith. We looked at baptism and communion. Uh, we looked at creation, evolution, and how all that works with science and, and our belief in God and all those things. And last week, Chad uh, helped us look in and understand what God's will is and what it is for us to follow God's will. And today we're gonna wrap up this series by looking in the book of Revelation, all right? And I gotta tell you something, everybody. Like, I'm just gonna be honest. When I sat down on Monday to write this, I'm gonna give you my first thought. 
This looked way better a few months ago to do. I'm just telling you right now, like when I sat down a few months ago, I was excited. That's just where I was, man. That's where I, I'm not kidding. On Monday, I sat down, I'm like, what was I thinking? Uh, you know, because man, I'm, I'm about to tackle a book that is the most misused, misunderstood, highly debated and overanalyzed books in the entire Bible. It really is. It's one of those books that just gets out there, man. And so what I did was, I'm just gonna tell you what I did on Monday. I sat back, man, and I, and I really... I had a moment there and I'm like, God, I need you. I prayed and prayed and I was like, open my eyes, help me see what you want to teach. And so here's what I did, man. I got my notes out that I wrote a few months ago. I got all that stuff out in my outline and I, and I just scooted it aside. And, and so what I did, I sat down, I opened up the book of Revelation. I read it all the way through and then I read it all the way through again. And then I listened to it on the Bible app. Uh, big plug for the Bible app, grab that, it's awesome. And then I read it again. I read it again. And so after that, I got excited again. Like I really did. I got, I got confident like I was as I prepared for this a few months ago. And, and here's why I wanna tell you this. This is a recap. This is a recap, it's really important. I went in the course of a few months and then last week from a place where I was really excited about it to, oh man, what am I doing? to reading it and reading it again and saying, all right, man, I, I got my confidence back. And then backing up one more time to go, I'm sure I got that. That's the book of Revelation, everybody. That's the book of Revelation in a nutshell, I think. It could be intriguing and confusing. It could be sensational and a little scary, right? It could, it could take you to a great biblical place grounded in all that, it, all the way quickly to a conspiracy theory if you're not careful. That, that's what it can do, okay? If you just look at the symbology in the book of Revelation, there are over 300 symbols and creatures and things in the book of Revelation. It really gets out there, man. Like, you you got, you know, you got seven seals and seven bowls, seven trumpets. You got uh, four angels and then seven angels. You got two beasts. Uh, you got a prostitute riding a beast. You got two witnesses. You got a bunch of numbers that we get real freaked out about, like 144,000. And then you got like 666. It's like, don't even say that. Like we get that and you get a fire lake and you get judgment. That's a little different than reading about John or Jesus, you know, healing a paralyzed guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, that's great. Or, you know, most of Paul's letters in the New Testament are just these encouraging letters to believers that grow in their faith and to encourage a church. And then you go to a book that has a seven-headed beast with 10 horns and desolation and Armageddon. Just a little different, just a little different, right? And, and so here's the thing, gang, like that right there at a glance, at a glance, that's what most of us kind of think about when you think about the book of Revelation. And it's why I bet a lot of people in here and a lot of Christians have never actually read it all the way through. Maybe in chunks or you like, you maybe heard about some things here and there, or you've heard somebody talk about it here and there. And that's about the knowledge that we have of the book of Revelation. And so here's, here's what I want to do today. I think it's going to be helpful to a lot of us. Maybe some of you wish you were in the ice cream thing. I don't know, but we'll get there. All right. But here's what I want to do. I want to do, I want to introduce us or reintroduce you if you have in fact read this book uh, to this great book of hope that we have in Revelation, okay? So here's kind of what, what I wanna do. We're gonna look at how to approach, understand, and study the book of Revelation. We're gonna look at how we approach, understand, and study this book. And so this is really kind of a, uh, an introduction with some directions for us, uh, if that makes sense, because here's my challenge to you after this. My challenge to you is read it. 
All right, read it for yourself. Read it in one sitting. Listen to it all in its entirety and allow God, allow God to show you what he's trying to tell you and how that's gonna grow your faith. And here's what you'll find out. You will be blessed if you read it. You will be blessed if you study it. In fact, God tells you that right away. We'll find that here in a few minutes. It will build your faith, okay? So let's get to it. If you got your notes, go ahead and grab those. Get those out. Uh, let's get a little background here as we go. So the first thing we wanna know uh, a little bit is about where it has come from. And so this was written uh, by John. This this was written by the guy, a guy named John. John was one of Jesus's closest friends. He was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was one of the 12 disciples. Uh, and, and again, like he would say that he was the closest to Jesus. So here's what this means. He walked with Jesus. He saw what Jesus did. He saw all the miracles. He saw him die. He saw him come back to life and ascend into heaven. Uh, and so when John received this message, he received it from Jesus. Uh, a couple things you need to know. Uh, John was a lot older. Uh, this was about 60 years after Jesus ascended into heaven. So John was a very old guy, uh, and he was also exiled uh, in a place called Patmos, okay? It was, it was an island off the Aegean Sea. It's like off the Grecian kind of coast, and so that's where he was exiled to be as a believer and follower of Jesus, and you can actually still go there today. It's, you could supposedly go into the cave that he stayed in uh, and all that, and, and here's why this is important to understand about John. Just put a pin in this about how John knew Jesus, okay? We're gonna look at something here in a little bit to help us see what John experiences in chapter one, okay? Uh, all right, so let's get to it. That's who wrote it. We're gonna read a little bit today. So if you got there to Revelation one, uh, let's start in verse one and, and see what it says. We're gonna get some other things out of this. So here we go. Verse one, it says this. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. Now, see, I told you, you'd be blessed. It's right there. You'd be blessed if you go through this. Okay, so let's figure out some things here. Uh, first thing that we wanna figure out after we knew who wrote this, that God inspired John to write this is what's the purpose of this letter? What is, what's this supposed to be all about? Uh, and here it is. Here's the purpose of this letter, gang. This is it. It's to show us what God is going to do. That's the purpose of this letter. And it's right there in verse one. It says, this is the revelation of Jesus to show us the things that soon must take place. All right, so it's gonna show us things that God is, go is gonna happen and what God's gonna do. The word uh, revelation, the word revelation, it actually means this. It means unveiling. That's what it means. And for me, as I visualize what that means, it kind of helps me to see the vision of that. What it means is kind of like God is pulling the curtain back for us to kind of get a glimpse into things that we've never seen before. That's what revelation means. He's kind of like, I'm gonna pull the curtains back so you can kind of see some of those things that are gonna take place that have never been described before. And, and that's how Jesus, Jesus does this with John. Uh, Jesus shows John these glimpses into what's gonna happen. And, and what he does was, is he uses these visions that he gives John. And so that's one part of that is the revelation. This is also, if you wanna write this down somewhere, this is, this is apocalyptic, apocalyptic. Good luck spelling that, I should put it up there. It's apocalyptic and here's what this means. It means that it is describing the end of the earth as we know it. That's what this is. And, uh, and it contains, what it contains in there are the, it's gonna contain symbols and characters and animals and all this stuff to describe a lot of things that we won't know anything about yet and we still won't know and, and, and it won't, we won't understand it until it actually happens, okay? Now, this is where people get wonky with this. 
It really is. This is where people get a little out of whack with this, and I'll get to it in a minute, but it gets funky when people think that they know they kind of have the key to this, right? They're like, hey, I know what that means. I know what that beast is, and I know what some of those things are that God has no intention of describing to us until it actually happens, and they, but they think they unlock the seals, and I got the thing that, that unlocks these, and 666 is this and all that, and, and it's just not God's intention. I'm gonna tell you that right now. That is not God's intention. And we're gonna get to a scripture, I think, that directly addresses that here in a little bit. And it's gonna help us understand what his intention is for us. And so again, one of the main purposes of Revelation is, again, to present, uh, that God wants to present to us things that are about to happen, that will happen and take place for Jesus to come back and accomplish the work that he came here to do, okay? Now, with this purpose, though, we cannot miss the point, We cannot miss the point, and here is the point, if you wanna write this down, because the main point is, always will be, Jesus. It's Jesus. He is the point. This is the very first thing in verse one. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, if if you're in your Bibles, go ahead and flip real quick all the way to the end of Revelation. I want us to see something at the very end. So flip all the way to Revelation 22, and I wanna see something else that Jesus says. One thing that I want you to notice already is he says it in the beginning, he's gonna say something in the end. Here's what he says in Revelation 22, uh, and we're gonna read in verse 14, or no, 16, and it says this. It says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. And we're gonna drop down to verse 20 and it says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon, amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all, amen. Okay, so here's what we see in the beginning of this. And here's what we see in the end of this. We see the revelation of Jesus and the testimony of Jesus Christ in the beginning. And then at the end, it says, I am the root. I am the descendant of David, the bright morning star. I'm coming soon, okay? So gang, here's the thing. You can't miss this. If you miss this, you miss all the the entirety of the Bible. This is Jesus being the most central and most important part of of the book of Revelation, okay? But I think a lot of people, here's what a lot of people do with this. This is why it's very important to write this down. I think a lot of people go into this missing the whole point. And it's the biggest mistake that we can't make as a church and as people who follow Jesus. The first mistake uh, when reading Revelation is a lot of people read it or reference it looking at the wrong point. They look at the wrong point. Uh, A lot of people read it and and what we do is we see these bad things or we look to those bad things as what's the main idea about this. We look at Armageddon, we look at the desolation and all that stuff. Here's an example of this. Here's an example of this. This It's a good example. One of the most like well-known figures by reputation in the book of Revelation is what? The Antichrist, right? Here's a little trivia for you. The word Antichrist isn't even the book of Revelation. Did you know that? He's not even in there. Now he's there, but he's actually referred to as, as a beast. He is the beast and he's in there. He's absolutely in there. But here's the thing. He's only mostly talked about in two chapters. Of the 22, he's really only talked about in two chapters. This is an example of like what's been hyped and what's been misused and all that stuff. Uh, and what's sad, here's what I think is sad about even followers of Jesus that I think people are more familiar with the Antichrist and 666 in Revelation than really knowing how much Jesus has talked about, how much the glory of God is revealed, how much we have hope and the promise to hold on to. And that's what the book of Revelation is about. It's about the great things that God is gonna do. And he's gonna make all things right, everybody that's what it really is. And so again, we can't get away from the main point, which is Jesus, all right? 
All right, we're gonna keep reading, all right? We got the purpose, now we got the point. So go back to chapter one, and we're gonna read here in verse 19. We're gonna drop to verse 19. I did wanna make sure that we read a little bit of this, even though we're not gonna read the whole thing. Here's what he says. This is Jesus talking to John again. He says this in verse 19. All right, write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are are, and those that are to take place after this. Okay, so this is kind of the next big thing that we need to understand. So what Jesus just told John right there is the entire outline of the book of Revelation. He just gave it to us. He gave it to John. Uh, and so let's look at this. If you're writing these down, it's really important to see this. And I think for me, at least, it's like it helps me as I section this out. Uh, but I'm looking at right at what Jesus says. So here's the outline that Jesus gives us. Uh, section one is the things that John saw. And that's going to be chapter one. So that's, that's the first thing that Jesus says. Section two is things that are. Things that are. And so what that is, is that's going to be in chapters two and three. And then Jesus says, and also the things taking place after, and that's basically the rest of the letter. That's chapters four to 22. It's really actually in two parts. There's four to six and then kind of seven to 22. Uh, but that's kind of the breakdown of what, how Jesus actually says, this is what you wanna look at, this is how it's gonna be. Now in Revelation though, here it is. This is why we wanna see it this way. This is awesome. This just proves how great God is and just how transcendent he is. We are gonna have at the same time in the book of Revelation, listen, three different timelines going on, written to three different people groups at the different times all at the same time. Like that's what's going on right now, okay? And here's why we need to get this. It's really super important that we get this and for us to know because we need to know what people group we're in, everybody. That's the bigger thing. We need to know what people group we're in and how that actually helps us see the way that God wants to read it and also use it for the growth of our faith, okay? Because here's the thing. Here's what I'm gonna say and I'll explain here in a minute. If we are not in the people group of the seven churches that Jesus is addressing in chapter two, then some of that really doesn't apply to us like it does to them. You tracking? It just doesn't. It can't. We can't make it apply to us what it applied to them. Uh, and if we're not in, the, if you're not in the people group when the Antichrist comes and he hasn't, we will know when he's here. Then some of that stuff from chapter seven to twenty-two, it's not going to apply to us like it does when it happens. Okay, if that makes sense. Okay. So let's get into th these three sections, all right? So I just wanna talk about them really quick. So let's look at the first one, chapter one, right? Where he says, all right, I want you to write down the things that you have seen, all right? So this is Jesus talking to John and what he's seen, all right? So my question was, well, what has John seen? Jesus, right? He saw Jesus. That wasn't a trick question, all right? So, so this is, and this is what I found really fascinating, okay? This is, and it, you'll read this right there when you read it. This is the Jesus that John knew 60 years before, Right, this is the same Jesus they knew 60 years before, but more importantly, this is the Jesus John saw at 95 AD. It's a little different, all right? We're gonna read this a little bit. So back up again, we're gonna back up into verse 12. So get to verse 12 in chapter one, because John's gonna describe Jesus. Here's, here's what John says, I love this. I got so excited when I read this four times. Okay, maybe it won't take you four, but I don't know. Okay, here's what it says. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. 
His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. I love that imagery. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And here's what John said he did. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. I don't blame him, right? But he laid at his right hand on me and saying, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. That's awesome, isn't it? Okay, so this is John. And he's like, I turned, as I heard that voice and I turned and here's who he saw. He saw Jesus. He's like, I was with Jesus. Jesus was with me. And I want you to notice again, John, who was Jesus' closest friend. He knew him intimately. He saw everything that Jesus did. But this was not just earthly Jesus, everybody. Here's who this was. This was Jesus in his glory. This was Jesus in his resurrected form. It was an amazing sight. And John, who knew Jesus probably better than anyone, what he immediately fell down and he thought he was dead in the presence of Jesus. He thought he was gonna die. Why is this important to note? Here's why this section is important for us because we need to see Jesus for who he really is. You hear me? We need to see Jesus for who he really is. And John was told to give us the visual that he had of him because the Jesus we see will dictate the victory we feel. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Jesus you see right now, that dictates the victory you feel right now on this earth. And that's the Jesus that I wanna see. That's the Jesus of who he is. This Jesus in Revelation one is awesome and he's powerful. And this is the dude who's gonna put the universe on his back, everybody. And he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I'm gonna defeat everything that's not good. I'm gonna defeat evil once and for all. And this is, this is what I wanna say. This is who's coming for us. And so for us, I'm gonna, each section I'm gonna say, this is how we kind of understand this and sort of read this. So for us, as we read and study this first chapter, don't miss this. And this is what we wanna have. Hope, confidence, and strength in the Jesus that we see. Amen, everybody? That's what we get out of chapter one, okay? That we see the victory the resurrected Jesus has. So that's basically chapter one. All right, so now let's go to the second thing that Jesus said that we're gonna see the things that are, that we need to see the things that are, okay? So in chapter two and three, uh, Jesus directly is talking to seven churches, all right? So let's read here. We're gonna keep reading here in verse 20. And Jesus explains this to John. He goes, okay, listen, so, it's for, so we just saw what he saw, these seven stars and this stuff. He goes, all right, for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw on my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches, okay? So these churches were actual churches that uh, were around the region where John lived. I have a little map here to help us a little bit. So this is the map. And so Italy's kind of right here. This is uh, the Grecian islands. This is Greece. And so Patmos is like right here. And here are the actual seven churches that existed in John's day. These are real churches. They, they existed and Jesus is like, I need to talk to them. You need to send this to them as soon uh, as you can. And here's what was happening uh, in the day with these seven churches. And you can read for yourself in chapters two and three, but they were going through incredible persecution at that time. This was not a good time for the church of Jesus. And so this was specifically written to those churches for specific things that they needed to address within their church with the times that they were actually facing, okay? Uh, and, and here's what I think God wanted to do. He wanted to point them uh, to a few things to do and work on, but he also said, hey, don't forget with the rest of this book of Revelation, like, I wanna point you to the hope that you're gonna have in the midst of these troubled times. Don't forget the hope that's coming. Don't forget Jesus. He's gonna make everything right, so take heart, okay? So that's what was going on in that section, okay? So now again, for us, in this section in chapters two and three, 
This is descriptive, right? This is descriptive uh, for specific churches. It's also useful for us, but we can't take it too far, right? So what it didn't mean for them, we can't let that mean something different for us, okay? Um, so, so it doesn't mean we can't take principles to apply, but it, here's the thing, because when I read some of those things, I can absolutely see some of the things that, that, that it has for us, our church today, but we need to remember that that was for those seven churches that were present in that time, and John sent that to them as soon as he could. So that's that second section, right? Chapters two, three, you guys following so far? Not that bad, right? Let's go to the last section, okay? Here's the last section. He goes, the things that are to come. This is the things that are gonna happen. This is the big section. And now, uh, here's kind of how this unfolds. From chapter four to six, we're gonna read chapter four here in a minute. From chapters four to six, like, is really kind of how the thing starts. Like this kind of unfolds over those three chapters and it's kind of a setup for the other stuff to happen. So we're gonna, if you wanna flip to chapter four, we're gonna go to chapter four really quick. And here's what happens. This is, is a shift that John gives us. So it's easy to follow when you read this. Here's what John says. After this is verse one, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, hey, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this, okay? All right, so, so chapter four, I'm gonna give you four, five, and six really quick. In chapter four, uh, we are going from earth to heaven. You see that? We're going from earth to heaven. And so uh, with Jesus saying, come up here. Hey, come up here. I'm gonna show you some things. And here's what we get in chapter four. It's really awesome. And read it for yourself. We get a glimpse of God and his throne in heaven. It's an amazing picture. It's an amazing visual of what's going on. And so what we need to see in chapter four is this is a shift in theme from present to future, from John's present to the future even beyond us, okay? And so that's a shift, and, and that's chapter four. And so he describes uh, what he sees in heaven. Then in chapter five, Jesus comes in. Jesus comes in and he grabs this scroll. There's a scroll going on in chapter five and the scroll uh, is kind of like the, the beginning of the end of, of the earth. This is kind of what starts his uh, triumphal uh, coming back and the beginning of the end of earth and Jesus' return. And, and there's seven seals on this scroll, okay? And, and it's really neat. I love this chapter. Read it for yourself again. It's really neat to see how John experiences this and how he is so emotionally invested in what's going on because he kind of knew a lot of things in the Old Testament and, the, and what he saw in the letters that he he knew of and, and what was happening. And it's awesome because what happens is the scroll appears and all these, these creatures and angels were like, who can open this scroll? And they kind of were like, nobody can open it. And it says, John, John just started crying. He goes, I started crying because I'm like, we need this. We need Jesus to come back and it's great. He gets so emotional. And then this, this, this person taps him on the shoulder. And he goes, hey, take heart. Behold, look, it's the Lion of Judah. It's the root of David. It's, it's Jesus. He's coming. He can open it. It's awesome. It's so great. I love it. Uh, and so that's chapter five. And then chapter six, what we see is Jesus opening up this scroll, which, which uh, has the seven seals and it's a process of heaven uh, to earth, okay? And these, so what I believe that is, is kind of like the title deed to earth. He's like, I'm the only one who bought it, man. I purchased it. Amen? Like, that's what he's saying. So he starts to open these seals. And this is when the beginning of the end happened. Judgment comes. There's a war against evil. Uh, earth is destroyed in these sections and these like sort of successive, like really bad events uh, on, on earth. And judgment happens to anyone who refuses to acknowledge God and his plan to bring them back to him in the name of Jesus Christ. That, that if you don't accept Jesus as the savior of your life, that, that you're not going, uh, that you're gonna receive judgment and eternal damnation. And, and so then we see it goes all the way to the end of Revelation where Jesus goes from judge to king. He's the great king. And then the new heaven and new earth are set up. Everything's made new and everything's redeemed for those of us who call Jesus Christ Lord. It's a great letter of hope that we have. 
So in that last section, it's the final things, right? That's just the final things. And here's where I was trying to work on stuff, everybody. Like, I was like, where do I, what do I put up here? I don't know. And then here's what I would love to do. Maybe there might be a time where this would be a good series to do. I really think there's churches I've followed that do great series on this. And I think it might be useful and beneficial uh, to maybe do a series where we could talk more about what this stuff means. But here's what I'm gonna say, man. As I looked and studied, a lot of those things from chapter six to 22, I don't know. And nobody does, everybody. That's the thing. Nobody can say they definitively know. And that's the truth. And gang, the biggest error we make is focusing on like the speculation that we have than actually how do we live our faith out? And so I think it's useful and beneficial, but it always seems, I think it always just seems exciting to talk about what we don't know. But the key is we don't know. We don't know some of that stuff. And now here's the question. Why read it then? Right? Why read that whole last section? What's the benefit of it? Because here's the thing, gang. We still need informed. We absolutely still need informed and we still need to see uh, God's bigger picture for us and bigger picture for the redemption of mankind. That's what we need to see. And for us right now in this time, right now in this time, in this present time, it just reinforces one thing, the promise of hope that's going to come. That's where we are. And we're gonna, here we're gonna be renewed as we read it. We will be blessed as we read it. That's why he says, listen, you'll be blessed. Trust me, you'll be blessed. And so for us, again, how we look at this last section, uh, it's the same thing. I actually read this and it really made sense to me. How do we handle this section? Here's the thing. We handle this section the same way the people of God handled the Old Testament when they were waiting for Jesus to come. Think about it right? Because they were in the same spot. So, so if you go back to the Old Testament, there were prophets and people who wrote that God inspired them to write about the coming Messiah. Some of these were thousands of years before Jesus ever came. Think about that. And so for thousands of years, the people of God were waiting and there were visions and prophecies and, and they were written about Jesus, okay? And, and I think some people, what some people did is probably the same thing that some people do today. It's like, all right, man, we're looking at the symbology. I'm gonna line up the stars and the blood moon. Ooh, yeah, no, no, they do all this stuff and be like, now I know and all that stuff. And I think they were probably trying to do the same thing and, and get all those symbols unlocked. But check out, this is awesome. So if you wanna flip there, go to 1 Peter 1. Go to 1 Peter 1. Look at what Peter says about this. It, it helped me tremendously with how to handle the book of Revelation. Here's what Peter says in verse 10 in chapter one. He goes, all right, now listen. So concerning the salvation of Jesus coming and saving us as God's answer to mankind, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, Old Testament guys, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow, okay? Now listen, this is crazy. He says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you and the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So what was he saying? What's this going on with? That when the prophets wrote about Jesus coming in the Old Testament, all right, when they wrote about this, it wasn't for the people right after that to line up the stars and do the math and, and predict all this stuff and guess. It was there for the people of the time when Jesus arrived and not a moment before. That's crazy, isn't it? That's what Peter just said. He goes, well, it's not for you. It's not for you 400 years before Jesus came. It's not for you five years before Jesus. It was for there, for the people right when Jesus came. So it was, it, was total, it was applicable for everybody, but it was only totally applicable after it happened. It wasn't there for them to predict 
It was right there for when it happened. Same goes for us in Revelation. Does that make sense? That made sense to me when I read I'm like, that makes total sense. Okay, so for us in this section, it's a promise of hope. That's what we hold out, so that's where we sort of go. It's a promise of hope that's coming. And now for the church, when chapter six to tw- or seven to 22 happens, it's a roadmap for them. Does that make, it's not a roadmap for us yet. It's a roadmap for them once it happens. And gang, listen to me. We will know when it happens, when it happens. That's the best I could tell you. We'll know when it happens, when it happens, okay? Um, And not a second before it does. So here's the point. Here's the point, man. Like, just to back up again one more time. God gave this at the same time to us and to churches uh, before and to the church all the way in the future, all different times, all different things that we take from this, which again leaves me in amazement for the transcendent God who could do that with the same text, and it applies differently and it's amazing and it's still useful and beneficial for us. It's just how God works, okay? So that, that's kind of the, the, the letter of Revelation in a nutshell for us to understand, sort of study and use for ourselves. Now, three things that I wanna end with, three things that I want, again, my goal is that you study this for yourself and read it for yourself, okay? It's three things that we wanna end with, okay? I hope you write these down. Here's the first thing that I wanna tell you to do is be curious, be curious, all right? I think sometimes we need to get a little more curious about God these days. I think we're just kind of, I don't want to be vanilla with God. I want to be curious about what he has to say and what he, what he wants to say. So I think we need to have a good curiosity about what's going to happen, all this stuff that's going to take place. I think sometimes we get in these extremes of either like totally avoiding it altogether or the other extreme is get on these conspiracy theories. We can't be in either one of those camps as followers of Christ, everybody. You hear me? Not one of those is, is what we need to be in, okay? Uh, and, and just a note here, like I think, uh, and I hear people, you know, I, I, I think about this. Like I, I, when I believe the best about people who are trying to predict this stuff and, oh man, the 666, you gotta know that man, the barcodes and all this stuff. Like when I believe the best about them, I, I think why they worry about this stuff and the mark of the beast is because I just don't think they wanna accidentally accept the mark of the beast. That's not how it's gonna happen, everybody. Like you need to read it for yourself. That's not how it's gonna go down. That, that's not what scripture says it's gonna do. And you could find this specifically in chapter 13, 14, and 20. Read it all before you go into those sections. But 13, 14, and 20 talks about this specifically, that there is a mark that will happen and that it is gonna be set forth by the Antichrist, by the world leader who is saying, if you don't get this mark, you cannot buy and sell anything anywhere. That's what it specifically says. And it's distinctive and it's on your forehead or on your wrists and it's done, listen, as a form of worship and allegiance to the Antichrist. Specifically, that's what it says in there. You can't accidentally, you can't be like, oh, it was that credit card? Oh no, like that's not. (laughs) Gang, I'm telling you, some of us are afraid of that. Tell me I'm lying. Read it, read it. It's so specific. I, I do, I think we're a little afraid. We're like, oh man, is it that QR code? And so it's not. It's, it's not accidental worship. Get that out of your brains. That's not what the Bible says. That this is a time where he goes, you align with me or you align with God. And, and we'll make the decision, okay? And really what it does is, is, is this mark was actually after the mark of the people of God and when they get, okay? So it's not a barcode, it's not a QR code, it's not cryptocurrency, it's not the vaccination. Uh, and, so, and, and here's the other thing, gang, that you need to know. You can read this for yourself. This will not happen until after the Antichrist appears, not before, So get that stuff out of your brain, okay? Read it for yourself. I think God wants us to have a healthy wonder about this uh, and it should drive us to not be afraid. If you are reading this and you get worried or afraid, you're not reading it right. 
You're not reading it right, okay? Uh, man, um, as believers in Christ, revelation should hold for us nothing but a promise and a hope that is waiting for us and an urgency to share Christ with everybody that we know. So that's the first one. Second one is be careful. Be careful with that stuff, okay? So here's my plea with the few minutes I have left. Man, first thing that I wanna say, you know, there's studies out there. There's all kinds of stuff that we could do. Man, I just wanna read it first, right? And here's my big thing before you read Revelation. Get a good grasp of the Bible in its entirety, all right? Like that would be huge. If you kind of know where the Bible is going from Old Testament all the way to the end of Revelation, here's what you'll find out. You'll get a better grasp on some of the stuff that John writes about and that God reveals. Because some of the symbols are just straight up explained from the Old Testament. Some of them aren't, but some of them are. We're like, oh, that's what that's pointing to. So the better grasp you have of the Old Testament, New Testament, and all that stuff, the better you'll feel about some of the things that you read. And then read it for yourself. Before you get into a study and all that stuff, read it for yourself. Sit down. I'm telling you, it's actually a really good read. It really, really is. And it doesn't take that long to read for yourself. Okay, so go to the source, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what God shows you as you read this letter, because here's where the careful thing comes on. Uh, there are people, there are popular people. I don't want to talk too much about this. There are popular people, there are books that are written, all these things that, that, where they think they have the answers, divine answers and the symbologies, and that's what this is. You better look out for that thing, and here's what's going to happen. And I, maybe Jesus says not the, the time or hour, but maybe the year. I know the year, and I'm just trying to stay away from that. That is Satan trying to distract you away from the truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Stay away from that. Here's the thing, man. Those folks, like, they know what puts butts in seats. I'm just gonna be, and they know what sells books. Let's not mess with that stuff, okay, everybody? Stick to the truth. I'm not saying there aren't some good books out there, but you know what I'm talking about. Just stay away. And, and they, you know, here's what we get. We get attracted to exciting stuff. Don't let that happen when it comes to this thing. Let God reveal to you the truth and, and just stay with that stuff, okay? Uh, because the real purpose goes to this last thing. It's not to figure out and all predict all this stuff that we keep Christ at the center of this. Amen, everybody? Keep Jesus right in the center of this. Huge to know. Huge to know, man. God did not give us the book of Revelation to overanalyze every little current event where we wring our hands and we're like getting more and we're like, oh, the end is nigh. Like that is not why he gave it to us. That is not why we have it. Revelate, like, you know, like we look at the current events going on today, everybody. Like I'm not, I'm not not worried about what's happening over there in the Ukraine. Like we pray for them. And, and, and here's the thing that we go to. It's like, oh man, what's that mean for us? Here's my answer. I don't know. Neither do you. What do we do? We pray as people who have certainty in the name of Jesus Christ that he is the hope of every person on this planet. He could change the hearts of every man and woman on this earth, that he holds the answers. He is in control. He has the key to death in Hades, right? That's what we do. We pray. We pray, man. We pray for God's justice to come. And usually what we say, come Lord Jesus, come. And we hold on to the hope that we have and the promise that Jesus has already written this story, everybody. Jesus is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. God wins. God knows God wins. Don't be uncertain, everybody. Don't be, that's what the revelation tells us, man. Revelation is like, don't forget that. And so our part isn't to predict, but be proactive in our faith. And we leave the rest up to God. Amen, everybody? Amen. All right, go read it today. All right, let me pray. God, uh, thank you for this letter. Thank you. 
man, I don't know all the answers, that's for sure. I, I, I saw it as a daunting task when I started to look at this, but man, I, I'm so glad that you give us the answers and I don't have to worry about me not, I don't have to worry about what I don't know, God. I, I'll let you fill in my blanks and I just pray that we keep coming back to the truth, coming to the source, coming to the answer, coming to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that we are encouraged by this great letter of hope and revelation. We pray over the churches in this current time that they can be the soldiers that you tell us to be of love and Jesus and that he saves and this, this world needs him so badly right now. I pray for that to happen in the current uh, climate that we have in Europe. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, that you just let loose the evil one and, and, and you destroy what is, needs to be destroyed there. We just pray in faith that that can happen, Lord. And for us now, I just pray that we look at this and we see the hope that is to come, the hope that we have here, the hope that we get to share to all. We love you. Thank you so much for this encouragement you give us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, I hope that was helpful, gang. Uh, don't forget to come next week. We're gonna start our Easter series with the seven questions that Jesus asked. Don't forget to pick up that 40 days of Lent study if you want that. We'll see you next Sunday, everybody. I'll be down here if anybody wants to talk about it. I don't have all the answers. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs>